You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank call. Prank call. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. Um, apologize for a couple missing podcasts here and there. Been dealing with some random medical things. I don't know what the heck is going on with me, but I was too busy being curled up in a ball in my bed, all right? So cut me some slack. I actually, you almost didn't get two podcasts in a row because I was curled up in a ball two days in a row. But two days ago, I started feeling better, and I was like, well, I, I mean, I guess I could lay here the rest of the night, but I could... I suppose I'll get up and do the podcast. But yeah, yesterday, no dice. It was hurting all night, so. But uh, today, so far, so good. We'll see. We'll get to the bottom of it someday. Just letting you know. But anyways, I don't think we have any new callers, so let's just kick it off with Kyle from Madison. Ryan, Kyle from Madison. I got a shout-out to a gentleman playing the ukulele. Yeah. That is impressive. Right? I mean, singing while playing, first take... Over speakerphone, I I was clapping in my car. <laughs> Very nicely done. So I'm just wondering if you could um, distill down the details of this, let's call it a music competition, even though I don't think it's a competition. We, there's no winner. But, like, what are the details? Because I want in on this. I like to do music production as well. What are, what type of song? Are we doing a Packernet theme song? We're we doing... I mean, if we get a Packernet theme song, you could always use it yeah. in your podcast. You know, you'd have kind of, if a couple of people enter songs, you could use that stuff. But what are the details? Where do we send it? I'm all about it. This sounds like an amazing idea. I'm just sitting here trying to figure out if I'm an idiot and don't remember what you're talking about or if you misunderstood something. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I mean, if that's what you want to do, let's go ahead and do that, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the rules of the game because I don't remember there being one. But um, if you want to throw something together, maybe we could do so. You know, I, I, I just, off the top of my freaking dome here, I'm trying to think the best thing. Should I have everybody just send in something? And then we could do like a, 
I don't know if it's a special episode of the podcast or how we do that where it's just like a voting thing. We could do like a American Idol style. We should do something American Idol-y, you know? We could do like an American Idol slash America's Got Talent just for call-ins. You know, like the worst caller gets voted off and then we just have people call. I think that would actually be kind of fun. But we could stick with the music thing for now, I guess. Maybe what we could do is have people sign up or or at least say, and it it literally doesn't matter what it would be because we would need entries and as of right now we have two, maybe three. I know there's at least four people that are capable, but I mean, the more ridiculous, the better. Uh, not necessarily, but I mean, you, you get what I'm saying. Like if you're willing to do it, just do it so that we have more more to, to go with. But I think that could be pretty dope, man. It, it could actually be like a YouTube thing, even though my YouTube channel, I, I swear the people that subscribe on my YouTube must hate me because I disappear for a month and then I come back and I do the most random crap and they're like, what is this? What I, I thought I knew what your show was and now you're doing something else. It's just a place where I go to like workshop new ideas and everybody there just must freaking absolutely hate me. But I think it would be cool to have a visual component to it. You know what I mean? I wonder if there's a way we can get live polling numbers. That'd be super cool. We got to do something American Idol style. Maybe try to make it a little bit more Packers. Maybe that's why we. Sh- it should be a Packers theme song. That's what we're gonna. That's that's what it's gonna be. All right. So I either I'm I'm making this up for the second time because I forgot, or I'm making it up again. If you're interested, either send me something or let me know that you're planning on sending me something. And the goal will be a. Did I say Packernet? How about Green Bay Packers theme song? Forget Packernet. Green Bay Packers. If people are actually interested, we'll do something. It's got to be more than like three people, though. If it's just three, then I don't know. Maybe I'll just play it on the play it on the thing here. I don't know. Maybe it'll just go up into, into nowhere land. But if you're interested, at least send me a message so I can get a head count. I think there should at least be 10. If we don't have 10 people, then eh. Sound fair? And if I don't get 10 messages, then we'll just forget this thing ever happened. All right. There we go. Hey, Ryan, it's Timmy. Hey! Let me hear some uh, Love Train by Wolf Mother. <laughs> Love that song. All right. I am so sorry. I meant to watch Suburban Gothic 2014 movie. You can stream it off Amazon. I gave you the totally wrong movie. Oh, my um, goodness. I would love to hear how that movie went. I don't think I saw it. I thought it was like a hack and flash. Um, maybe it was funny because it was terrible. Let <laughs> us know. And betting was not my downfall. I didn't. I wasn't in a dark place because of betting. I actually, had a good success rate with that. I was just just as a quick reminder to everybody: if you're calling to follow up, this goes for Kyle and Timmy. Be very specific in what the heck you're talking about, because I don't remember anything. So I, I've watched two terrible movies recently, and I'm not sure which one of the two you're referring to, but it's still hilarious that you, uh, you know, that I that I picked the wrong one, and it was really terrible. By the way, this has happened. This has happened in the past. Oh man, it, it was a uh, my my half Mexican attorney Blaine. I forget I forget exactly the details, but he had told me about a movie that was really good. I watched like an hour and a half of it waiting for something to happen. It's like the whole Dwight Schrute thing, like the, the bear attack. I went to the wrong theater and I, I watched it till the end because that's the thing with bear attacks. They happen when you least expect it. I, I, I basically did that. I watched 90% of it before I finally figured out this is not the right movie. It was a terrible movie and I watched the whole freaking thing. So now apparently I've done that twice in my life. Um, and then, yeah, it, as far as what, what we're referring to here, I get that you just listened to it and you're just responding to it. 
I vaguely remember what we're talking about, but not exactly. So just as a reminder to everybody, if you're listening to the podcast and want to call back in and, and provide further updates on something, just a real brief recap about what we're talking about, because I don't remember. Um, not confident in A-Rod. The only thing that he was consistent at in being was playing like a rookie quarterback who couldn't read coverage and took like big sacks. Jersey Mike, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and the person that who used to play for the Packers, who is kind of down on the team and just because of history and personal experience doesn't think they'll even amount to a 500 record. That is Mark Chimura. I listened to uh, Jen, Gabe, and Chewy in the morning. Um, Jen kind of balances out the other two guys. The Mark Chimura and Gabe Nexler are like really negative. Mark Chimura? I didn't even know he was... I, I, I haven't even hardly heard his name. I didn't know he was doing a show. That's crazy. It is funny, though. Like, everybody... Especially like radio guys. Like podcasters tend to be more positive, I've noticed. Radio guys, like all the all the credentialed media people that go and do that stuff and the ex football players, like Tausch and, and all, they all seem to be extremely negative about everything all the time. It's just weird. And speaking of negative, it's Jason Wilden too. He's like Yes. The thing that bothers me about him is he's a reporter and if you know what a reporter does, they report facts first. And he spins narratives just like right. people at ESPN. All right. And then uh, Homer, he's negative too. His partner, Tony, uh, he's kind of cool. Um, he used to hate Jordan Love. Now he's actually given him a chance. So oh, how nice of him. Goes to show you some people can learn. Awfully charitable. Um, which I, I don't understand for the life of me. Like, I, I, I understand, like you said, you're a reporter, so you don't spin narrative. So you don't want to be positive or negative. I mean, honestly, there's nothing that bad about being positive as long as you're objective about things. Like, I'm, I'm excited, I'm hopeful, I want it, I've seen the positive, like, here's the good things or whatever, and you focus on it, but also being objective. But to be biased in a negative sense in a completely unrational way. And and there are ways to be negative rationally. I've done it. I, I've said before, I'm concerned about his consistency. I have not seen him play X number of snaps, like that Eagles game was the best stretch we've seen. Maybe there was a stretch equally as long in a preseason game. I don't think I've seen a whole preseason game, which granted nobody plays a full game, but I think there was like one game in preseason, I forget which one it was, that I was blown away. Some of the other ones that even fans were kind of excited about, I was a little iffy on. Um, but, but, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. Like I, there are some questions that I have that he has not fully alleviated yet, which he hasn't had much opportunity, but still, but to say like, this guy's terrible. And then after a few years being like, look, all right, maybe he won't be terrible. I don't know, which is, I, I just listened to, uh, and we'll, we'll maybe do this tomorrow or something. I don't know. Rashawn Gary went on with Rich Eisen and it was just, even the way he asked the question was so freaking ridiculous and stupid. It just ticked me off. Rashawn Gary basically said he had belief in, in Jordan Love and that there's a standard in Green Bay and the standard is is uh, to, you know, get to the playoffs and to win Super Bowls and that's what we're going to try to do this year just like every year is essentially what he was saying. And Rich is like, well, let's start with that. 
What is it exactly that makes you think that Jordan Love is going to be just as good as Aaron Rodgers was? First of all, screw yourself. (laughs) Because he didn't say that. But just this condescending, like, oh, you think it's not going to be worse? Interesting. Tell me more about that. For the billionth time, Jagwad, number one, nobody is expecting peak Aaron Rodgers out of Jordan Love ever, much less as a rookie. Because there have been maybe three quarterbacks ever, just throw a random number out there, that have ever been peak Aaron Rodgers. But let's also not forget two more facts. Number one, you don't need to be peak Aaron Rodgers to win football games. A lot of teams in the NFL today are playing and are phenomenal and are not peak Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Josh Allen's a good quarterback. He's not Aaron Rodgers. Lamar Jackson, give me a freaking break. Everybody loves Lamar, right? How dare you not pay him is what the media says. That guy is not a fraction of what Aaron Rodgers is. Jalen Hurts is not Aaron Rodgers. Pat Mahomes and Joe Burrow are the only two guys in the NFL today that I think have at least, well, Mahomes is already there. Burrow is is the only one that I think is likely to have a career that's anywhere near as impressive as Aaron Rodgers that's in the NFL today. Does does Is there any single person sitting there going, those are the only two teams worth giving a crap about? Matt Stafford just won a Super Bowl. That just happened. And then the second part, aside from the you don't need to be peak Aaron Rodgers, is that 2022 Rodgers wasn't peak Aaron Rodgers. So to assume that we have to get worse this year because we don't have Aaron Rodgers is stupid. Because last year we didn't have peak Aaron Rodgers. So can Jordan Love be peak Aaron Rodgers? Technically yes, but let's just say no for the sake of argument. Can he be 2022 Aaron Rodgers? Freaking of course he can! And even if he's marginally worse than Aaron Rodgers was, what happens if the defense doesn't suck and plays at a top 10 level consistency consistently throughout the year and we have a special teams that plays at a high level all year, which it didn't last year, and we have Rashawn and we have an offensive line that's that's there and healthy all year as opposed to, you know, not having Elton and Bakhtiari there to start the season? What happens? Playoffs, that's what happens. We were, we were so close with a god-awful defense. And a half a season of good special teams play. Oh, and rookie Christian Watson, who didn't play until week 10. And a half a season of rookie Romeo Dobbs. And now we get, presumably, a full season of year two Dobbs and year two Christian Watson. Oh, and we upgraded our tight end group. Yes, I'm going to say upgraded. No disrespect to Mercedes Lewis, but we have much better pass catchers. Anyways, sorry. I'm going to throw a topic into the ring. I want to know what Packer fans' first, like, gaming love is. Um, the first video console game I played was the original Mario Brothers. And then I went over to my grandparents' house, and they had uh, Mega Man 2. Dude, Mega Man was And dope. that was the bomb, the blue bomber. Get back, Dr. Wiley. Let me know what you think. Yeah, dude, Mega Man was awesome. That was a lot of fun. I remember that one. I mean, my, my earliest memories were Nintendo and Game Boy. So my, my earliest I remember is my dad had a Game Boy with Tetris in it, and he loved playing that, and it was like the, it was the coolest thing. I was probably like five years old or something, or f- f- eh, four years old. And then we got a Nintendo, and I remember playing Mario, and I remember I was scared of the... I didn't like going into the dungeon because the music scared me. I was a freaking pansy, all right? Leave me alone. It's scary down there, dude. You know what I mean? Like, freaking, why you gotta do that? But that was that was the earliest thing. It was cool because it was kind of new, you know? 
it wasn't just like yeah everybody's got games on their on their cell phones and they've got xboxes and playstations and the, the other thing that was super cool about it is it wasn't like what's the new ps or the new xbox or whatever it, it was a new gaming system every year like you had nintendo you had super nintendo you had sega you had like it was just a new box with new games and new it wasn't just like a cd it was like different cartridges different controllers different like the whole thing was new and you had to relearn everything and it was it was just kind of exciting but even that like i remember going over to i don't know who knows why things happen when you're like six years old like i remember going to somebody's house i think it was like my stepbrother's uncle's house or whatever and we went into this back room there was some kid there it was his cousin maybe i don't know but he had a nintendo and we went back there and he had a bunch of different games and i was like oh, this is crazy and one of the games he had was tecmo super bowl and you know it was one of those things we're at a party and we're only going to be here for so long but i was just like i never want to leave like i you don't understand like this has transformed my life like i can sit here and play football on this freaking thing and it was so cool like i can be the packers it was the coolest like th- there are certain video games that always will be like the biggest milestone games tecmo super bowl isn't necessarily one of them but one of the first times when i just like grabbed a hold of a game and it was like i love this so much because prior to that it was like whatever my dad got and it was like uh he loved marble madness which is a it was a fun game but it, it wasn't tecmo super bowl the other really cool game that he had that i really liked was uh i think it was like snake rattle and roll Dude, that game was so cool anyways i could talk about games for a long time yeah, and that's, I don't know, I guess it just happens when you get older or whatever, but it, just the excitement of it, like games are so much better now in terms of like the, the graphics quality and the stuff that you can do or whatever, but man, the excitement of playing some of these games, going to Blockbuster and getting a video game and checking it out, man, it was so cool. Now I go on Steam and I'm like, nah, it seems cool. Buy, download, play, play it for 15 minutes, like, nah, it was a waste of money. And that's that's how that goes. It's one of the negatives is just having everything at your fingertips. Like, I I, I wouldn't go back in time because I'm already spoiled by it. Like, as as much as we all miss Blockbuster, there's a reason it's gone. We could still have them. We just wouldn't use them anymore. None of us actually want to go back to those days now that we've tasted something more convenient. But man, it was so much more exciting back then. When a movie came out, like, you went to the movie theater to see it. It was like a big deal. Everybody knew. Nobody freaking knows what's going on now. Maybe, like, if a new Marvel's coming out, people pay attention if you're into that, but New games, new gaming systems. Like, I don't know. I mean, PS5 or whatever, is, it's, it's obviously a huge deal when those new things come out. But honestly, I'm not even entirely sure why. I feel like the graphics are, they're not making the leaps and bounds that they used to. It's like, I don't know, marginally better. I feel like we've peaked. Like, every time I see the new Madden game come out, you remember when Madden would come out every year? How drastically better the graphics look like. Dude, look at that. Now I feel like the last five, six, seven, ten years, the graphics have been like the exact same. It's the same thing. I don't know. So, I mean, first love would be maybe like Mario, because technically I loved it. The earliest game in terms of like being a massive obsession. I'm trying to think what that would even be. I don't know. I, I It might have been like Twisted Metal 2 in terms of like legitimate, spent way too much time. Everybody knows about it. Everybody's playing it. Dedicate your life to that game and getting really good at it and, and like beating your friends in it and everything. That might be it. But lots and lots of really good games. Hi, this is Carson from Cleveland once hey. again. Uh, I was the person that said I had a YouTube video about Jordan Love. You said shout out my YouTube channel. So yep. it is the Caldwell Corner uh, on YouTube. I have about like 250 subscribers. Um, and yeah, but my question for today 
is with the wide receivers, since we have so much depth at wide receiver with drafting a ton, and we already have guys like Samori Toure, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, all those guys, how good does a guy like Grant DeBose or one of those late-round draft picks or undrafted free agents or just guys outside of that top three, how good do they have to be to make it into that top three? Because pretty much we have... Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Jaden Reed pretty much locked in already. So if a guy like Grant Bose wants to get into that spot, or Malik Heath, how good does he actually have to be in order to take one of those guys out of the top three and replace them? Or is it just going to be a rotational thing where they all kind of play a certain amount of snaps and there's not really a one, two, and three guy? It's just like um, they come in from time to time depending on what the defense is running. Let me know what you think. Go, Pat, go. Yep, so just subscribed, by the way. Uh, the Caldwell Corner, 281. You shorted yourself, or you've grown quite a bit. We'll, we'll say that. Um, so I'll be sure to check that out. So I, I, I don't want to say borderline impossible, but I'm close to that. Um, and I really think it's it's comes down to Romeo and Jaden and I, I know people are like, there's no way I, I I hear you this is what I'm saying I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here but Romeo and Jake Christian a hundred thousand percent is going to be like a number one dude it's Romeo and Jaden's job to lose um I think Romeo is pretty well locked in because for, for a couple things number one he's got year two which aside from Samori Ture he's pretty much the only one so he's got the most experience and knows what the heck he's doing um, he's got the most experience on the field uh, of, of anybody that's behind him. He's got a great rapport with the quarterback, at least so far. It's again, it's something to keep an eye on if if there's going to be any movement whatsoever. Um, what the heck else was the fourth thing? I know there's another thing. I hate doing numbers because I'm never going to get through them. Number four, I don't know, but a- a- everything lines up for Romeo to kind of be that number two guy, maybe number three ish, whatever. The the in that group of three the primary group of three, because there's going to be a rotation. I'm, I'm assuming we're going to see a little bit of Wicks and or Ture. Beyond that, I'm not entirely sure. But we'll occasionally see somebody else. But the only thing that kind of gives me a little bit of pause with those two is Romeo did slightly struggle. So if, if he is on point and he looks real good, he's got the job no matter what. But if he struggles, that's when you start to say, is there a chance if Wicks is just playing out of his freaking mind to step in there and, and take that spot? or Ture, or Heath, or whatever. Um, I'm a little bit less optimistic about Ture and Heath. Um, Ture has the experience, but I don't know that he necessarily has the upside that they would actually give him the job over Dobbs. I think they'd rather be patient with Dobbs. And Heath, I think, is... I know there's been a ton of hype, but I just don't think so. He's a he's a rookie undrafted free agent. I think that's a flash-in-the-pan kind of thing. Not that he can't, you know, make the team or whatever, but in terms of, like, becoming the number three, it's that's a, a huge stretch. And then Jaden, it's kind of similar, right? I mean, Jaden clearly is a better receiver than all these guys. But what if he's not picking up the offense? What if he's just not quite there yet? You know, the the Packers could potentially say, look, we know somewhere down the line he's going to be the dude, but who do we trust more on week one? Maybe it's Wicks, or maybe it's just Ture. You know, if none of these guys are getting it figured out, we'll just go Watson, Dobbs, and Ture. Because Jaden at least has to demonstrate that he understands the offense and is going to be a competent receiver out there for Jordan Love. And if they're trying to call plays and Jaden doesn't know where to go, where to stand, they're not going to put him out there. But again, it, it's I wouldn't even put it in terms of like how good does Wicks have to be because 
you know, we've seen guys just blow up in training camp, but how much stock are the Packers going to even put into that? So I think it kind of has to be twofold in terms of, let's just say Jaden Reed has to maybe not seem ready. And then, you know, Wicks or whoever would have to sort of definitively prove or at least give enough confidence in the coaches to believe that I, I don't think this is a fluke. I think this is legit. He has demonstrated he understands things. He's ready to go. He's showing us some stuff. That would be the only situation. But the the first thing I'm looking for isn't how good does Ture look? How good does Wicks look? How good does DeBose look? The first thing I'd be looking at is, is Reed struggling or, or is Dobbs, although I doubt Dobbs is going to struggle because he's just been lighting it up. So it, it's probably going to be Reed. And it's, it's going to be a lot of, and this happened last training camp too, where you really just want to hear some guys' names like Devontae Wyatt or something, and you're just not hearing it. It's like, come on, man, give me, just, just say his name one time. And it's like, here goes Wicks and Wicks and Wicks and Wicks or whoever. That's probably when I would start to not panic, but just kind of think, come on, Jaden, give me something here, dude, because you're about to at least temporarily lose your job here. You know, it's actually funny that I just realized about your YouTube channel. I've referenced a couple times that a lot of people are making these uh, Jordan Love videos that I've, I've seen a few times because they're blowing up and it's real smart. You're one of them. <laughs> the Packers are terrifying with uh, Jordan Love's red eyes. There have been like three or four that I keep seeing and that's one of them. And I see it did blow up for you too. 18,000 views. That's one of the, I, I think like 24,000 is one of the biggest videos I've ever done. And you've made 12 videos. So that's pretty fantastic. And your most recent one also answering the Packers' biggest questions so you're, you're doing a good job there with that YouTube channel, man. That's pretty cool. You're, do, you're doing the thing that you should do that I refuse to do, and it's kind of how Boss started, Basarski. And that is, number one, using game footage, which means you're not going to make any money. And number two, be willing to put in all that work of finding the footage, stitching it together, doing all that. Edit. It's so much work. But you stick with it. This thing's going to blow up. And then eventually you'll get to the point where you can get it monetized, and then you can start sticking your face on there and start making some money off of it. But no, this will just stick with it, man. It's going to, when you started seven months ago, that's pretty good. And what I like to do is keep track of my subscribers. I had a spreadsheet. I don't do it anymore because I don't do anything with YouTube, but keep a spreadsheet, keep track of how much you're growing. And I, I actually had like 20 different uh, Packers YouTubers so I could track uh, every single week where the subscribers are at and then track the growth. Because it can be discouraging when you're looking at it and seeing, you know, Grassy's getting like 3,000 subscribers in a week and you're getting like 30. But if you think about it in terms of percentages, as long as you can maintain those percentages, you get exponential growth. You just got to grind through the, the crappy part where you're just getting one or two subscribers here and there because it's freaking autopilot once you get up into the bigger numbers. And I started getting there and then I gave up and I'm an idiot and that's how it goes. But yeah, guys, go do me a favor. Go subscribe to the Caldwell uh, Report. Show them some love. Anyways, why don't we take a quick break? Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy is where you can support the podcast or hit me up on Venmo at Packernet Podcast. Please check the pinned tweet on the top of my Twitter or on the top of the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. You'll find a GoFundMe there that we're trying to support. Um, we've raised over $6,000 so far. Thank you guys so much for all your support. But uh, one of our own, a... Uh, Packer Night Podcast listener, Packer fan. His family's going through a really tragic and horrible time. And so any support that we can give would be greatly appreciated. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view 
on all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, Ryan. It's Beth. What up? What up? Happy Father's Day. Thanks. Um, You were talking about smoking, I think it was a brisket. Uh, no, it wasn't a brisket. Pulse on your uh, Weber. Have you ever tried the, I think they call it like the snake method of your charcoal to help it last long on the Weber while you kind of line it up so it slowly burns through all the charcoal mm-hmm. and it can go quite a long time? I haven't, but I'm curious if you had and if you have how that worked. Um... Not necessarily. Um, what I do is kind of similar to that, but I, I have a device called a slow and sear. And um, it just it's a metal piece that goes on the end of your um, Weber. It's got a trough in it, and so you just kind of stack it, and it you, you light the coals on one side, and it slowly burns across. The snake method would probably last longer, so it might even be a better method for doing a pork butt to just do it all around the outside and have it slowly burn because it's going around a wider diameter. So it might be worthwhile trying that, actually. But no, I just use my slow and sear, and um, I let that go. I haven't really timed how long it takes. I know it wouldn't do a full pork butt. I'd have to add more to it. Um, slow and sear probably swears it goes longer. Maybe it does because I'm doing it wrong. I don't know, but it doesn't really matter because like I said, I'm really just putting it out there for as long as I need to, to get the bark and to get the smoke. And then I'm going to bring it in and finish it in the house. Whether that be last time I did the oven, I think next time I might try sous vide. I just have some suspicions that that's going to turn out fantastic. So, and I've got a pork, but I might actually do that for the fourth. I've got, uh, 
I got spare ribs and I've got pork butt and I'm really torn on what to do. Spare ribs are absolutely freaking, I mean, ribs are just unbelievable to begin with, but I'm just, I'm jonesing to do that part. That, that injection was something else, man. I put in way too much injection because once I read the directions a little bit closer the second time, I realized it's two pork butts and I put it into one, but I still just, I love the flavor that's in it, even though it's way too strong. So it's like, man, if this was half as potent, this would be some unbelievably good pork butt pulled pork, whatever. But uh, no, I, I don't think I've ever tried the snake method before. But yeah, it should work should work uh, really well, actually. I'm, I'm, now that you mentioned, I'm tempted to try it next time. I don't know. Hello? Sorry, I switched over to my iPhone audio. Hopefully you heard that first part. I realized I had my headset in, and yep, sometimes yep. that doesn't go well. Got it. Um, second uh, question for you. Can you tell me, is it true that Justin Fields has good uh, deep ball accuracy while the rest of the turn sucks? Or is that just a Bears fan thing? That's a Bears thing. I I can tell you where it comes from. Um, I'm I'm 90% sure I know where that comes from. It comes from his highlights and from his college tape. They've seen some beautiful deep passes, which again, Trubisky also threw a beautiful deep ball sometimes. It's, it's no different than anything else that's Justin Fields hype. It all has to do with um, the, the we, we've seen these flashes, right? And so they'll, they'll go look through the highlights. And Bears fans are open and honest about this. They're like, dude, look at his highlights. Like, I can't believe you say that out loud. That's amazing to me. It's as though, it's, it's, again, I, I know that they have no concept of what good quarterback play is like. But it really is astounding to me, having had Trubisky and Jay Cutler on their team, to not understand that being really, really good about half the time makes your quarterback kind of garbage. Yeah, he's got some beautiful, like, just dots, man. But that's not the whole story, right? We're, we're literally highlights are cherry-picking. The question is, how good are you over a period of time? So let's very quickly look at I just looked at it yesterday. I've seen it several times, but I saw it come up yesterday again, and I wanted to remind myself or see if I was just going nuts or what the situation is. Again, you've got um, SIS on one hand, you've got PFF on the other. Let's just run over to PFF real quick. They do things by depth, so you can look at passing depth. And so um, first things first, uh, so this is passes 20 yards or more. Justin Fields had an 84 grade. Now that sounds very good, but you got to understand pretty much everybody grades out well not literally everybody but pretty much everybody has a good grade when it comes to deep ball passing um his 20 uh, excuse me yeah, i gave it away there his 84 overall grade ranked 23rd now that's better than aaron Rodgers, who ranked 26th but <laughs> still 23rd so for th- this whole idea that um you know, he's this elite... Pa- I, I just, I actually just heard that the other day, which is why I think I looked it up. Is really like, he's he's a really good deep ball passer. And he's actually a really good intermediate passer. It's just the, the easy layup short throws, which on its face is stupid. There's no way in the world that we're talking about this guy being one of the worst passers ever. Never thrown for 300 yards in a single game ever. Very rarely throws for 200. But yet, he is just this elite, deep, and intermediate passer that just kind of struggles with screen passes. Like, what kind of stupid crap is that? So yeah, he ranked 23rd in terms of the overall grade. He does pass the ball a lot. He was tied for the 6th the most. 16% of his attempts are 20 yards or more, so he does it a ton. But he completed 35% of his passes. 
which ranks 23rd, just 18 of 51 attempts. So, again, it's amazing to me the Bears fans watched as 30 of these 51 fell incomplete, and they think that he's just fantastic. And, and the idea that it was all drops and all that stuff, it was not all drops. There's a lot of drops. It wasn't all drops. We've already been over it. Bears fans or uh, Bears wide receivers did not have drop issues. In fact, they were one of the better units in terms of not dropping the ball. Uh, big time throw percentage, he ranked 24th. Turnover worthy play percentage, he ranked 24th. His adjusted completion percentage, which again removes things like drops and throwaways and whatnot, he actually drops to 28th because again, he was actually less likely to have a receiver drop it than these other guys. That's why he moved down when you go from completion percentage to adjusted comp- completion percentage. As usual, his time to throw is longer than every, pretty much everybody's. He was the fourth highest, 3.52 seconds, and his NFL passer rating ranked 17th. So no, he is not some truly elite deep ball passer. I told you last year that Tua actually was probably going to take a big step because he was, and he did. He had the number one uh passer rating he had a very high pff grade geno smith had a 99.3 highest uh pff grade on deep passes right joe burrow pat mahomes by the way kenny pickett who i've already said kenny pickett is my breakout candidate the fact that we're talking about justin fields and not kenny pickett is so stupid to me it's unbelievable nobody gives a crap about kenny pickett and it's because he's a stick in the mud boring white bread drop back and pass not running around like, you don't even have a six-pack, stupid. Nobody cares about Kenny Pickett. This dude was good last year. He's one of the highest-graded deep ball throwers in the NFL. And if you look at how he ended the season, starting in Week 12, do you know where Kenny Pickett ranked as a passer? Number one in the NFL. From Week 12 on, ahead of Joe Burrow. Second-highest overall PFF grade for quarterbacks. Ahead of Trevor Lawrence, Pat Mahomes, and Josh Allen. But I got to sit here and freaking try to figure and, 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 and listen to people tell me that Justin Fields is going to break out because if you look at weeks 14 through 15 and tilt your head to the side and, and include his rushing touchdown numbers and look at his highlights in his six pack, that's how you know for freaking crying out loud. But Kenny Pickett, number one quarterback in the NFL in the second half of the season, nobody gives a crap. Okay, fine. I'll tell you what, this is why don't go to Vegas, go to Twitter and make bets with people. Right? Find a way to put money in escrow. Find a way, fi- find a place to hold money. Somebody put, you know, 20 bucks in, you put 20 bucks in, and the money sits there, and only one person takes it out, and it's the person that won the bet. That's where you're going to make all your money. You make millions off of freaking Bears fans. Justin Fields, good Lord. Don't invest in Fields, invest in Pickett, okay? I don't like giving betting advice, but I, I you know. So no, he's not. Oh, and SIS I was going to look at too. They, they have, um, if you look at their IQR rating, which is like their point system, might as well be their PFF grade, I guess. Where does he grade on deep passes? I mean, they don't number it, unfortunately, but here's a list of people that were ahead of him. Davis Webb, Bailey Zappi, Gardner Minshew, Joe Burrow, Geno Smith, Tua Tungavailoa, Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, Trey Lance... Sam Ellinger, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Philip Walker, Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, Josh Dobbs, Derek Carr, Andy Dalton, Jarrett Stidham, Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, David Blau, Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, Taylor Heineke, Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett, Ryan Tannehill, and Trevor Lawrence. That's who was ahead of Justin Fields. Again, some of those guys passed like two passes, but you get the idea, right? 
He's very, very, very far down the list. So no, by, by no legitimate metric in the world is he considered even a top 10 deep ball passer. And that's out of 32, okay? I don't, I don't think you can find too many metrics that would put him in the top half. This is, this, is, this is just straight up freaking propaganda. It's so unbelievable. The that would. Um, you said uh, Deshaun Watson, you hope uh, Jordan Love and their, uh, I think they're going over to France or something, yeah. football clinic, him and Justin Fields and something like that. Jordan Love. And uh, you said you hope Jordan Love learned some football things from him. You specified, oh, what do you mean by that there, uh, Ryan? <laughs> you know what I meant. Uh, see if I can get you in trouble a little bit. No. Um, and then... I, I, what I simply meant was, I don't want him to learn anything else. Let's just stick to football. My last thought was, shoot, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, Jordan Love wished Bears fans a happy Father's Day. I think he was trying to insinuate that he's their, like, he's their dad, or he's their daddy, he's their father, he owns them, kind of like Rogers, whatever. Shouldn't they be wishing him a happy Father's Day then? I mean, I get what he was trying to do, but I'm just saying. Um, all right, that's all. Talk to you later. Yeah, I think that thing just got spun out of control. There was a Bears fan there and uh, handed him his phone and just said something like, hey, can you just say something nice to all the, the French Bears fans that are out here? And um, I think his fields didn't show up or something, or he ended up not going, I think. I don't know. But Jordan Love just being a nice guy was like, yeah, sure, dude. And he just said happy father because it was, it was a holiday. So he just said, hey, happy Father's Day to the Bears fans out there. And that got misconstrued as like some kind of a burn. And then Bears fans got so pissy about it, they soiled their pants about it. And they, they started insinuating that he was saying that the Bears were his daddy. And so, ha-ha to you. It's like, you got, jeez, man. No, it, it, was, it was nothing. He was just, he's just saying Happy Father's Day, just trying to be nice. Howdy, this is Jared, the Uber driver, and also now life insurance salesman. All right. Fun stuff. I don't need any, but, but thank um, you. I just wanted to extend a Happy Father's Day to you. Thanks. Because my fiancé actually gave birth on June 6th. Congrats. So, technically, it is Father's Day for me as well. I'm assuming it's your first, because you're referring to it as though you're not sure you're even a dad yet. So, congrats on that. And, Dan, I I understand what parents go through now being a newborn parent now. Just the beginning stages. I'm so much more thankful to my parents now. But, anyways, hope you had a great Father's Day, and hope you have a great week, man. See you later. Appreciate it. Yeah, that, that, that there's... um. Well, I mean, you can break it down into as many steps as you want, but I'm I'm realizing there's at least two steps. There's the first step of, oh, dang, man, I didn't realize what my parents were going through. I start to understand a little bit now. And then there's the second step when your kids start to go get older and you start saying what your parents said to you. I can't wait until you have kids so that you can see. I'm kind of getting to that point now. Like, listen, you think I suck? You might be right. But just wait until you have kids and you suck. Then you'll know. Then you'll know. It sucks that you won't appreciate me until then, but someday you will. And if you don't have kids, then I guess we just won't won't ever see eye to eye on that. Maybe that's why parents are always pushing for grandkids so much. They don't actually like the grandkids. They're just like, no, 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 no. You, you need to do this, okay? It's very important that you do this. Because if you don't suffer the way you made me suffer, I'm going to be pissed. No, I'm just kidding. The kids are great. And again, congrats, man. That's a that's a super fun time. 
first time having a kid and um you know it's it's kind of tough but it ain't that bad you know it ain't that bad you'll be all right it's a big adjustment because you go from um not knowing how to do anything but be selfish to realizing you're not allowed to anymore which is that's like the craziest part and you gotta say like i went from living by myself to married with a kid overnight and then within basically nine and a half months having another kid so i went from single sleeping on a couch because it was just cool and my tv was out in the living room next to like boxes of pizza to being a husband and father of two in the span of like a year and although you kind of conceptually understand that like yeah i gotta take some some care of somebody else too no that's all you do like 24 hours a day like you don't get breaks you, you, I guess you kind of do, but not really. It's kind of like you're on call 24-7. You can't just stick the baby somewhere and then just go watch a movie for a few hours or just go to the movies. Like, no, you, you stay home because babies don't go to movies and they probably shouldn't take them to a restaurant either because that's just stressful and horrible. So you just stay home and maybe if the baby takes a nap for a while, you can find something to do. But once the baby wakes up, you're back on the clock and there's nothing you can do. But baby pooped, what are you going to do? Say no? Can't say no. It's not an option. You're going to get a horrible rash. And then, even if you don't care about your baby, which is messed up, you know how much your life is going to suck when they start getting rashes? Oh, it's so bad. They're in so much pain, screaming. And it's your fault because you let them sit in it. So you got to be quick. As soon as you smell it, as much as you really don't want to get off the couch because you're really tired and you've been working all day, you already changed three diapers. That's too bad. You got to do it again. Baby needs something. Wife needs something. You got to do it. So yeah, it's it's uh, that, that part, at least for me, was like the biggest adjustment. Everything in my life was about me. Even when, even when you're a kid, you know, I mean, you, you, you're in a family, you got chores to do and everything else, but it's, it's kind of like a minor inconvenience to my life. And somebody just adds like, okay, dishes I got to do. Okay, well, that's just a part that got added to my life, but it's still my life. And then it's just one day you just don't have a life. Your life is everybody else's life. And it's just all day, every day, forever. Then you go through this, I don't know if I can do this phase. <laughs> And then you get used to it and you move on and you just laugh at people who are going through it. And and maybe most people don't. That was just a me thing. I don't know because I'm supremely selfish or something. I don't know. But that was that was brutal. That was years. Let me get you one quick example. Then it's, it's already late, so I got to post this. Going places. Dude, first of all, don't like doing stuff. If I get home from work, I want to be home from work and that's it. If we got to go somewhere, God, that, that just sucks. I just got home. I just want to get comfortable and relax because I got to get back out and do it to work again tomorrow. So this little window of time that I have to relax as much as I can, that's what I'd like to do. But we can't, right? So whatever. That's part of life. It used to be, if you got to go somewhere, fine. You slip on your shoes. I don't even untie them because it saves time to just slip them on. Okay? Slip them on, grab your keys, go out, get in the car, turn it on, hit reverse, get out the door. Do you have any idea how long it takes to get out the door? And then not only that, how long it takes to like, you got a baby, you have to get the baby, get the baby dressed. If, it, if it's cold out in like winter or whatever, you got to get like winter clothes and then like a jacket and, and a hat and footy and you can't even find them anywhere. Like where, uh, find everything. Then you got to put the baby in the thing and buckle the baby. Then you got to wait for your wife who needs to wander around the house and figure out what she forgot. And then you got another kid that can't find their shoes and you find yourself just standing there going, what? What are we doing? Why can't we just go? Then you got to buckle everybody after you load all the stuff 
for your five-minute car ride, water bottles and snacks and this and that and then da, 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 da. then you got to snap the one kid in the in the baby seat. And then you go to go around the other side and buckle the other kid in the like car seat thing. And then you get to go back around and then you can start the car and then you can leave unless your wife forgot something, which ninety-five percent of the time she did and needs the keys to go back in the house. And again, at this stage, I don't even think about it anymore. But there was a time when I would just stand there in awe. What is happening? How does walking out of a house take 45 minutes? I'm not convinced that I couldn't by myself get my shoes and my keys, go down to the store, grab what I need from the store, and get back faster than my family can get ready to get out the door, get buckled, and get out of the driveway. But that's stuff that you don't think about. You just think like how great of a dad you're going to be and how great of a husband you're going to be, and it's going to be awesome. (laughs) Anyways, you'll be all right. All right, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go to bed. You guys have a good rest of your night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. 